everybody, this is Rich Sports Talk, broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn Speaker, and available for download on Apple Podcasts and on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Remember, you can reach out to the show at Twitter at the handle at Rich Sports Talk. That's Twitter at the handle at Rich Sports Talk. And of course, RichSportsTalk at gmail.com. So thank you so much again for joining us here today. Uh, going to get right into it. Now we're going to do a little something special for the end of the year. We're doing our fourth and goal, but we're going to do two. So this will be our NFL version. We're also going to do a college version. So make sure you listen to that. That will also be available to download and subscribe wherever you are listening. So make sure to keep your uh, ears out for that. That should be definitely a great episode as well as I go over the four topics from the college football weekend. But this one will be about the NFL. These are my four biggest takeaways from this past weekend in the NFL season. We're going to have a lot going into the offseason. Now, there's some things I'm going to do in the next couple weeks. Um, this week, of course, I'm going to do a recap of the of Black Monday and the coaches' firings. The reason I'm not doing that today is I'm waiting for all the dust to sell. I want to do the special once all the firings have been confirmed. There are still some reports out there that there might be some transactions still to go on with head coaches. So I want to make sure I do my wrap-up thoroughly and when all those moves are done. So that's why that will be probably out tomorrow. So make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Also going to look at the rookie quarterbacks from this year. And, of course, a little bit of a primer for the offseason coming up. But let's go right into it. Fourth and goal. We're going to start with first down here. Once again, Einstein says... The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, and that is Kirk Cousins in big-time games. Folks, I understand why Minnesota did it. I understand that he's been an upgrade over Case Keenum, and he has played well, and he's great. He is great when you need him to put up big numbers, but in the biggest games, that's why you're paying Kirk Cousins. You're not paying Kirk Cousins for what he does on the fantasy stat sheet. You're not paying him for all the yards he's going to get. You're not paying for the touchdowns. The reasons you gave him all that guaranteed money for the three years was to win the big games in this division. And once again, Kirk Cousins, season on the line, chance to end all those rumors forever, and comes up short once again. This is why Washington moved off from him. They went to Alex Smith. This is why they didn't want to give him a long-term contract. Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. He's an above-average starting quarterback in this league, and he's a very good quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from him. But when you give a guy big money, you're not paying him to beat the Browns. You're not paying him to beat the Jets. You're paying him to win the big games in your division. There's been multiple chances this season for the Vikings to separate in this wild-card and division race. There's been chances for them to beat up on Green Bay. And Kirk Cousins, every time there's a big moment for him, ends up shrinking. Look, Minnesota is a better team with him than without him. And I said this in the preseason during my polls, and I'll get into more of these later on this week as I go through my recap of my predictions. And I said, look, Minnesota's going to pull back this year. People are saying, oh, you're nuts. I'm saying, look, Aaron Rodgers will be back in this division. I think the Bears will be a better team. I didn't think they'd be this good, but the Bears will be a better team. And the Vikings will play a harder schedule. And the Vikings did pull back. They're still a very good football team. They're still a playoff caliber football team. However, Kirk Cousins, you're paying him that big money to win the big games. And this year, he had multiple chances. Primetime games, big games, where the nation was watching. And every time, Kirk Cousins 
came up short. And I understand Viking fans are frustrated, but this is what you get, and this is what happens. And I understand that there is a limited quarterback market. He's a bigger and he's a better player than Case Keenum without question. But once again, we see why Kirk Cousins, why the Redskins kept franchise tagging him, why they never gave him that long-term extension. It's because in the biggest games, when the lights are the brightest, that's when Kirk Cousins shrinks. He's great in week 12 against the third-place team in the AFC North. But when you need a big win against a division rival to keep the season going, Kirk Cousins just, once again, can't live up to it. And does he deserve this contract? Yeah, because of the market. I understand he's still going to make this offense a better team. I think next year he'll be better off because it'll be his second year in the system. But, man, when you have those weapons on Minnesota, when you have Dalvin Cook on the back end of the season, when you have those great receivers and you can't win in the big games, it says a lot. It says a lot about Kirk Cousins. All right, now let's get into second down. The Pittsburgh Steelers missed the postseason. I just want to point this out once again. The Pittsburgh Steelers missed the postseason. Folks, this team will have a long offseason ahead of them because it's time to have a little bit of self-reflection and really think about where this team is going. Now, Mike Tomlin is not going to get fired. But after this season, I'll tell you, going into next year, that seat's got to be hot because the Steelers have a couple problems facing them. We always talk about this in sports and in the NFL specifically, windows don't last very long. Why don't windows last very long? Well, because age is a big factor in the NFL. Contracts are a big factor. I just want to point out a couple of teams that we thought, oh, their windows is going to be a long window. Lots of young talent. They're going to be great teams. Seahawks. We thought the Seahawks were going to be a dynasty after they won that first Super Bowl. All those young players, that legion of boom, that great defense. But what happened? They had to pay all their stars. What did that mean? They had to get rid of good secondary players. They lost depth. Seahawks are still a good team, but they're not the team they were. Jacksonville, everyone was telling me before this season, at nauseum, oh, wow, this Jacksonville team, Saxonville, they're going to be great for a long time. They're going to be one of the elite defenses in the NFL. They weren't even close to the postseason. Lost double-digit games. And, oh, by the way, today they're looking to get out of the Leonard Fournette contract two years in, and they don't have a quarterback. Windows don't last very long in the NFL. And for the Steelers, this could be the end of this window for them. Now a lot of people are going to say, well, wait a minute, Juju Smith-Schuster still on the team, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, they're, they're going to be fine. I want you to think about the last... Let's say five years. 2012, the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl. Since then, they have not been the same team. Flacco has been a 500 quarterback. The Browns before this season, over the previous two seasons, had one win over two seasons. The Bengals have rode it out with Marvin Lewis and have had three consecutive losing seasons. One of the reasons why the Patriots have been so dominant is because of the, defunct, the dysfunction 
in the AFC East. Think about all the coaches and all the quarterbacks those teams have gone through in the era of Brady and Belichick. How many quarterbacks and coaches the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins have gone through? One reason the Patriots always seem to have a first-round bye is because in their division, they usually go 5-1. and one. Sometimes they run the table at 6-0. and oh. One of the reasons the Steelers the last few years have been in a good position in the postseason is because of the ineptitude of their division. Baltimore has not been the same team, but now they've turned it around. Cleveland had won one game over two seasons, and Cincinnati had three consecutive losing seasons. The Steelers are not going to have Le'Veon Bell, one of the most explosive running backs in football. He's moving on after the season, and I know they have great running backs, and they were able to replace him this season. But Juju Smith-Schuster, they only have control of him for a couple more years. They have some good young pass rushers on their rookie deals. Those deals are going to come up soon. Antonio Brown's another year older. Ben Roethlisberger is another year older. And though he hasn't regressed to the point of Eli Manning, we have seen signs the years are catching up to Big Ben, the wear and tear on that body. And let's not forget, he's also dropped hints he's thinking about retirement. I don't think Big Ben's in it for another three or four years. I think if you're lucky, it's another year or two. The, the Steelers had a certain window, and now it's closing, because look at what's happened in their division. The Ravens are going to go represent the AFC North. They have a good young quarterback and a good young nucleus of defensive talent. The Browns, because of their ineptitude, have culminated a lot of top picks. They have a good young roster. Now they have a quarterback that they believe is a franchise quarterback. The Bengals are reloading. They're going to go into a rebuild, but they're going to have a fresh new coach. They're going to probably move off from Andy Dalton and maybe drafting another quarterback. So in the span of potentially two years, we could see three new young quarterbacks in this division. The Steelers have benefited from this division being terrible over the last couple of years. They were able to beat up on the Ravens. They were able to beat up on the Browns and the Bengals. But the Bengals, outside of the Bengals, this division is catching up to the Steelers. And after last night, once again, the Steelers... We have more questions than answers with them. I want to remind you, this team lost to the Raiders on the road. This team tied the Browns when Tyrod Taylor was their star in the opening game. The Steelers, if you were to put their roster compared to every other roster in the NFL, they would be top three. They have everything you want. A Hall of Fame quarterback, explosive wide receivers, a good running game, a great offensive line, explosive pass rushers off the edge, and yet... This team missed the postseason. I do think we have to start questioning Mike Tomlin because the Steelers have played down to their competition for years. And you can't waste time in the NFL because windows close. Over the past five years, you can make the case there hasn't been a more dynamic offense consistently than the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Big Ben, he's getting toward the end. Antonio Brown's starting to get up there, and they have a lot of good young players, but guess what? They're going to want big contracts, and you're either going to keep them and lose other pieces, or you're going to lose them to free agency. So last night, Steeler fans might not want to hear it, but we could have seen the end of the era for the Steelers. 
because this is an era where they had enormous talent, and they still do. They still have great talent moving forward. However, we seriously have to start considering a new plan for Pittsburgh. What is their long-term plan at quarterback? And more specifically, what is their long-term plan at head coach? Third down, and this is a fun one. For anyone who's listened to the show, they know I'm obsessed with quarterbacks. And, of course, quarterbacks drive the league. Yesterday was a great day for one draft class and a terrible day for another. The 2018 quarterbacks had a great day yesterday. Josh Rosen went into Seattle and put the Cardinals in position to beat the Seahawks. Sam Darnold went to Foxborough. And while the Jets offense didn't show up around him, he was able to move the football consistently and didn't look overwhelmed by the moment. Jackson has led the Ravens to the postseason. Baker Mayfield has set the rookie touchdown record. And I want to remind you, the Browns, who didn't win a football game last season, won seven this year. Large in part to Baker Mayfield. Josh Allen had a combined five touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins yesterday. We never see this, and I've harped on this before, so I will be quick. In every draft class, we're hoping to get one, maybe two quarterbacks that work in the NFL. Right now, it looks like we got five from 2018. They are all working in some capacity. And I know, I know, Jackson's the only one to lead to the postseason. But here's the thing. When I look at rookie quarterbacks, do you look overwhelmed? And have you shown me flashes that you are, A, able to play in this league, and B, that you're able to make adjustments to play in this league? And I've seen that from all five of them. All five of them have popped off the screen at one point or another to me. They all look very good, and they don't look overwhelmed. For people saying, well, they don't have great records. Excuse me, outside of Jackson, they've gone to organizations that don't have great talent around them. Sam Darnold's team's picking third. Josh Rosen's team is picking first. Baker Mayfield's team fired their head coach a couple games into the season, and Josh Allen... Their best player just retired before the week 17. If you give these young kids pieces, they're going to be very good, and I think all have shown they can play in the league. But it was a bad day for another quarterback draft class, the 2015. Most specifically, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Jameis Winston, coming into the draft, I question his character. And I still do. And I know he's shown flashes this year. He's had some great stats. And if you're a fantasy football player, hey, he's he's looking on my fantasy team. But the Buccaneers are still in the bottom of that division. Jameis is still the fourth quarterback in that division. Dirk Cutter was fired. And I'll get more into his firing on the coaching show on the next episode. But Cutter was brought in for one reason, to help Jameis Winston improve. We've seen some improvement, but he still turns the football over. Jameis, to me, is going to be one of those guys that has immense talent. 
but he's not going to get it until after he leaves football. He's not going to get that he's a leader, that he is the CEO of his franchise. I don't think he gets that. And once again, Tampa Bay, who invested a number one overall pick in him, they're at a crossroads because they're going to have to give him a big extension soon. And I'm of the belief that I will not be surprised if they move on from him because I don't think they want to give him a huge contract and be locked into the fourth best quarterback in that division. I'll say once again, Drew Brees is better. Matt Ryan is better. Cam Newton is better. He's the fourth quarterback in that division. Tampa Bay is once again in the bottom, picking near the top of the draft. And Jameis is a big reason why. He was replaced twice by Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. When Ryan Fitzpatrick outplays you, you are not a franchise quarterback. Last night on Sunday Night Football, it was a play-in game for the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. And a lot of Titans fans keep telling me Marcus Mariota is a franchise quarterback. Folks, he is not. One of the key elements to being a franchise quarterback is being durable. Once again, Marcus Mariota wasn't in the lineup. In a game where the Titans had to win. And what did they do? They had to go with Blaine Gabbert. Part of the reason to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, you have to be there. You have to be able to play. It's kind of an important thing. And once again, the Titans were without their quarterback, who, may I remind you, is only a few years into this league. When you get older, injuries don't go away. They continue to add up. Mariota is a guy who's built around his legs. He's never been a great thrower of the football. And the problem is when you rely on your legs too much, you take shots and you take a beating. I still remember when Mariota, I can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, on a running play went out and tried to throw a block. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? I was just, this is a guy who can't stay healthy. And he's saying, oh, I'm going to go out and throw blocks in front of my uh, 250-pound running back. Excuse me, excuse me, Marcus. You're going to try to block. You're the quarterback. They need you on the field for 16 games. Everyone keeps saying, oh, he's a franchise quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. Look, look let me ask you this. In this division, who has two playoff teams that went ahead of the Titans, would you say Andrew Luck's a better quarterback? Would you say Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback? At best, he's the third best quarterback in this division. He's never playing. He's always hurt. And like Winston, he's been stubborn to change. Winston, it's been the attitude, and it's also been his ability to throw from the pocket. It's been the same thing for Mariota in terms of throwing. Both need to refine their throwing so they don't turn the football over. And neither have. Neither have really developed from the pocket. And you win from the pocket in this league. 
So for five teams, they have to be very happy with their young projects going forward. But for two other teams who drafted quarterbacks high, they're at a critical crossroads because they're going to have to invest big money to keep their young quarterbacks, neither of which are the top two in their division and two that just look overwhelmed by the moment. This leads me into fourth down, and this will be a hot take, if you will, possibly a controversial one. Sticking with that Sunday night game, I have an opinion, and it's a strong one. For those of you who listened to the last episode, you know that I felt Andrew Luck was a, was a big snub for the Pro Bowl. I would say Andrew Luck, in my opinion, is the MVP and the comeback player of the year. Now, I know people are already saying, wait a minute. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, or, or Drew Brees is the MVP of the league. To which I say, okay. I want you to think about this with Andrew Luck. And both go into the comeback story of the year and MVP. But I really want you to think about this. When we talk about value, and I, and I know... The MVP should just be renamed to who has the best statistics. But if I would say who's the most valuable player to their franchise, I want you to think about this. Luck missed the entire year last year. Colts picked for the bomb three team in the league. Andrew Luck in training camp with a new offensive coach. Couldn't throw the football to the end of camp. He couldn't throw a regulation football because of his shoulder. He hadn't played in over a year with a new coach, a new offensive line, and a team that started the year 1-5. We were all thinking it after that Jets game. We're like, man, this Colts team, just keep Andrew Luck healthy the last 10 games because they're going to be picking high. They're going to get another piece. And, and next year, hey, you know, this is a rebuilding team. It's just good to have Andrew Luck back in the league. If I were to tell you, the Colts would win nine of their next ten games and make the postseason. You would have thought I was crazy, but they did just that. I want you to think about this. Statistically, Andrew Luck, if he's not first, he's second in the league in a statistic for passing. And the other big thing, too, is for him, this was a career year. His highest in completion percentage, second in yards, second in touchdowns and highest in completion percentage. He's completing 67% of his throws. His previous high was 60. He has the 20th ranked rushing game. If I was to say name two receivers on the Colts, you'd think of T.Y. Hilton, then struggle for the second. Outside of tight end, he doesn't have an elite unit. He has a very good offensive line, but it's very young. He has carried the Colts in a division with two teams that have 10-plus wins to the postseason. And everyone keeps telling me Mahomes was great, Mahomes was great. You do realize that the second guy for most touchdowns in the league is Andrew Luck with 39. I want to just point something out with Mahomes and with Breeze. Both guys have a lot of weapons around them. Andrew Luck does not. And we, we keep forgetting about Kansas City. Oh, yeah, they were in the postseason last year with Alex Smith. And I understand that this was Mahomes' first season. I understand through over 50 touchdown passes. But the Chiefs have a great offensive coach. 
They have great offensive personnel. And they're in a division where they're playing the dysfunctional Broncos twice a year and the dysfunctional Raiders twice a year. Jacksonville's dysfunctional, but they have a legitimate defense. Andrew Luck had to play the Texans twice. He had to play the Titans twice. And he took a 1-5 team, a 1-5 team to the playoffs. The Colts don't have a great roster. We've seen them without Andrew Luck. And I know Andrew Luck isn't as exciting. He's not no-look passing like Mahomes. Mahomes can do those 70-yard passes and warm-ups. And I, I know how great Mahomes is, but we want to talk about the MVP. When we, I look at Mahomes, he's been great, but he's lost every big primetime standalone game he's been in this year. And it wasn't all of his fault, don't get me wrong, but he lost to the Patriots, he lost to the Rams. All the big primetime games he's been in, he's lost. Andrew Luck was 1-5, in five, and he's carried the Colts to the postseason. With a rebuilding roster, you looked at the Chiefs and you, you said, look, if Mahomes can manage the game like Alex Smith, they're going to be a playoff team this year. Look, Mahomes has been fantastic, but I expected them to at least be a playoff team with that personnel and with Andy Reid and in that division. With the Colts, you were hoping, you were hoping seven wins, eight wins on a good year because it was Andrew Luck's first year. He couldn't throw the football. He's been out of the game for over a year. He has a brand new offensive coach, not great offensive personnel. Started the season off 1-5, and five, and he went to the postseason. This is something, if you brought the script to Hollywood, they would say, oh, this is, this is a little far-fetched, don't you think? It's a little out there. You know, quarterback misses over a year of football, you know, 1-5. This is something, this seems a little far-fetched for us. So for everyone saying Mahomes is the MVP, can we just at least consider Andrew Luck? I don't even think Andrew Luck's going to get a vote. Heck, I don't even think he's going to get the comeback player of the year. I think J.J. Watt's going to get it. But can we at least acknowledge Andrew Luck? And everyone's going to say, well, he's kind of boring. He, he doesn't do anything. He wins. He's a, He carries the Indianapolis Colts. So I, I know that's a hot take, but can we at least give Andrew Luck some MVP consideration? He's already been snubbed for the Pro Bowl. He at least deserves recognition for what he has accomplished, which is incredible. And if I told you this after that loss to the Jets, you would have said, there's no way. There's no way Andrew Luck can win 9 to 10 games to get this team in the postseason. But he did. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today on 4th and Goal. Had a lot of fun on this show. Now, a little special treat to end the year. We're doing a fourth and goal for college based on the college football playoff from the past weekend. So make sure wherever you are listening to listen to that episode as well. A lot of great content. Of course, coming this week, my reaction to Black Monday in the NFL. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to see what all the results are and all the fallout so I can give my opinion on all the firings and where I think each team can go from there. A lot of good primer coming up for the NFL, including the offseason and the draft. You know I love my mock drafts. They are coming, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Like and subscribe so you don't miss any of those great episodes coming up. But I'm Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Rich Sports Talk.